Today's text, and we're, we're working through the Gospel of Mark, but today's text raises a, a really important question for us to ask ourselves, <coughs> to ask of life, and that's the question, what is lawful? What is right? What is acceptable uh, to God? And you may remember the scribes and Pharisees have shown up in the last couple of sections of Mark's gospel. And they were men who saw themselves as interpreters of what was lawful. They looked at God's word and saw themselves as as the guardians or law keepers of the people of God. And they have been very critical of Jesus on a number of points. They've been critical of him when he uh, claimed that to have the power of God to forgive sins. And they, they were critical when he ate with those that would be considered sinners or unclean. And there were a number of different areas where Jesus was different. Last week we saw that Jesus came to bring about a new covenant in his own blood. That he shed his blood so that we might enter into a new relationship with him and that apart from that, we are helpless and we are hopeless in this life. The scribes and Pharisees wanted to cling to and hold to their old ways. They had their own convictions and opinions about the law that they placed over the Lord of the law. So they've been critical on a number of points. And now Mark records two more confrontations that are connected to the same thing. They're connected to the Sabbath, the law of the Sabbath. And first, the Pharisees kind of test Jesus They ask him a question, and and he answers, as he always does, with great wisdom, and he he answers correctly. He answers with the will of God and the law of God, what, what God sees as lawful and right and good. But then Jesus turns the table with a question of his own, and they fail to answer. We see in that passage that the Pharisees missed the point about what was lawful or what was right. They claimed to uphold the law, and yet they neglected both the purpose of the Sabbath, why did God give the the Sabbath law, and they also neglected the Lord of the Sabbath. This was a serious thing. They missed love in the law. And they put their convictions ahead of doing what God says is good. Later in Scripture, Jesus will reserve some of his sharpest rebukes for these same people. But today we're given a simple reminder, and that is don't miss doing good whatever day of the week it is. 
Don't miss doing good. In our lives, this raises the question, do we value, do we care about what God values? Or do we miss what God says is good for our, in favor of our own ways, in favor of our own interpretations and convictions and opinions about the law or about other issues? Don't miss doing good. So our story begins in Mark chapter 2. And we're going to get into chapter 3 as well, but I'll allow you time to turn there in your Bibles to uh, Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 23. Now, uh, we'll just read the first two verses, and then we'll, we'll finish the story in a few minutes. Uh, the story begins in Mark chapter 2, verse 23, and it's on a Sabbath. And we read, one Sabbath, uh, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as he made his way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? So we have the disciples picking some grain to eat. And Matthew tells us in his account of this same story, they uh, were doing this because they were hungry. And so they're on their way and they're hungry and they grab some grain. And we think, well, what's the big deal? Well, we're given the information that it's the Sabbath. It's the Jewish day of rest that was given by God for their blessing. You can read about that in Exodus chapter 20 and the giving of the Ten Commandments. One of the commandments was that you should keep the Sabbath day holy. And uh, this especially set Israel apart from all the other nations. For God had said on that day, uh, you shall do no work. Exodus 20, verse 10. And no Jewish person uh, disagreed with that. They knew uh, from birth, from a young age, that you weren't to work on the Sabbath day. That left the question, well, what is work? How do we decide what I'm doing today is work or it's not? Is it play? Is it... And, and so... The Old Testament um, gives us examples of work. The Old Testament gives the example of a guy that gathered some sticks for a fire, and that was not acceptable. Weren't to do business on the Sabbath either. Wasn't about selling and buying and, and, and uh, our own gain. It was a day to trust God. And to rest from those things. But in order to make an, a more exhaustive list, a more clear list, over time the rabbis or the teachers of the law put together their own list of works that were prohibited. And they had a rather extensive 
list of things. So one later, just a little bit later than the time of Jesus, um, had 39 acts or categories of work that were not acceptable. And one of those uh, was reaping or harvesting grain or, or, or grapes or another, uh, another crop. And another one was threshing. You thresh when you separate the grain from the stalk and from the chafe. Um, you are threshing. And so back to the story, the Pharisees are looking on at what Jesus is doing, and they're kind of walking along, keeping an eye on things. That's kind of how they were. And uh, they interpreted the disciples' actions of plucking that grain and probably separating it out so they could get the good stuff and eat it as working on the Sabbath. So they asked Jesus, why are your disciples doing something unlawful on the Sabbath? Now Jesus answers with Scripture. And we'll read his answer in verse 25 if you turn there. Mark 2:25. Jesus said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was hungry and in need, and he and those that were with him. How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So Jesus brings us to the example of David, a story found in 1 Samuel 21. And David there and his men did something that God said was not allowed, was not acceptable. He ate the bread that only the priests were to eat. This was laid out in, in the law. And he does so with apparent approval in that story, for there is nothing said to condemn him. He needed something to eat. They were on the run. This was the one whom God had anointed. It was not his time to rule yet. But he was on his way and he needed to eat. There was no condemnation there. The implication is that he did the right thing under the circumstances. Now Jesus uses this example here to teach us something important. To teach us the priority of mercy. Through the prophets, God told his people, I want mercy, not sacrifice. I want you to do what is good and kind to one another, what is just, not just offer me sacrifices or words on a, on a Sabbath day. Well, Jesus quotes that passage from the Old Testament scriptures in Matthew's account of this same story. 
So you put those together and you have this emphasis on on mercy. In another place in Matthew 23, verse 23, uh, Jesus spoke of the weightier matters. He talked about how the Pharisees cared about all these little things. They tithed all of their little herbs in their herb garden like mint and cumin. And they cared about these little minute things. But he says this, he says that they neglected the weightier matters, things like justice and mercy and faith. And without those things, what good is the little thing? What good are all of these rituals? You see, something important was missing in the Pharisees' lives and hearts. And neglected love. Morality is more than law-keeping. It involves love, and it involves acting to bless other people. We can't call ourselves good by following some rituals or just not doing really bad things. Because to be truly good, be truly righteous is to live perfectly to love and to bless others. It's to not neglect justice, caring for those that are oppressed. When James talks about pure and undefiled religion, he talks about caring for orphans and, and widows, right? Doing good. And so in Mark's gospel, Jesus goes on to teach us the purpose for the Sabbath was to be a blessing. The Pharisees had made it a ritual and made it a burden. Specifically, this is what he says. I read it already, but we'll read again. Verse 27. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It wasn't that God had the Sabbath set up and he's like, here's this wonderful ritual. I need people to not work, so I'm going to make people to do this. No. He made humanity. And he offers them this blessing of a day of rest. He'd given the Sabbath not to stand in the way of mercy and kindness and goodness to others, but to aid it. He'd given it for their rest, for their good. But this had become obscure. And I, that's a mild word. It had become obscured. It had become really set aside by the Pharisees for the sake of the ritual. And for the sake of, they were interested in protecting the Sabbath, ultimately, and their, their convictions and rules about it more than they were about people. And so they left behind what was foremost in God's own heart. They left behind the fact that God actually cares about people. 
Again, this don't miss doing good. Now, Jesus is very bold here. He ends this first encounter by saying the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He claims authority as the one who has the right to decide and to decree what is lawful and what is unlawful, what is permissible, what is impermissible, what it really is good. Who defines it? Jesus says that he does. And he has that right as Lord and as God. This was something that the Pharisees were not willing to acknowledge. They were not willing to accept that he was Lord and God. And so they would put their interpretations and their convictions ahead of the Lord of the Sabbath. The Lord of all of our lives. But as Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus has the right to tell them what is lawful and what is not. And so we have a, a second encounter. And this time we see that Jesus is the one who is in control of the situation. Let's read what happens in Mark chapter 3 and verses 1 to 6. Again, just a short little encounter. But let's read uh, that together. Mark 3, verse 1. Again, appears to be another time, possibly at the, the Sabbath afterwards, very close together. He entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand, paralyzed hand. And they watched Jesus. They watched him to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. And that is the end of the story for today anyway. The Pharisees think they have Jesus now, and they're watching, they're waiting to pounce on any misstep that he might make. They want to accuse him. They don't want his good. But Jesus gives them a question they cannot answer. This is his question. He says, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? Which is it? Later in history, we know from rabbinic writings, the writings of the teachers of the law, that the Pharisees would permit helping someone who was dying. Good for them. They have some values, right? They've got some sense 
that a person's dying and you help them, okay? But this guy with the paralyzed hand, poor him, he is not dying. This can wait in their minds. And their priority is Sabbath, okay? And un everything else underneath that, okay? In terms of, in terms of this story, when you uh, look at even something like, let's say you broke your arm on the Sabbath. Well, you can't get it looked after because that's not life-threatening. Some rabbis would even say that to pour cold water on it, to cool it off, maybe it's infected, it's getting inflamed, it's painful, that is just too far. Okay, so they were. that's how strict they were about these things. This is not isolated either to the Jewish people or the rabbis at that time. This is the sort of thing that we might see in many circles today where we, we prioritize other things over caring for others. We think of this as an extreme example, but think of, of uh, smaller things that we might prioritize over helping others. But it's really obvious here by the way that Jesus frames the question that they're claiming to uphold the law of God. Here they are, concerned last Sabbath day about eating some grain or, or plucking it. It wasn't the eating, it was the plucking that they cared about. But uh, they're claiming to uphold the law and Jesus uh, is making the point here that do they really care about what God cares about? Do they really uphold the law? In Matthew's gospel, Jesus makes the point they've got exceptions. So when it comes to sheep or livestock, if a man is there among you who has one sheep, Matthew 12, 11, and if it falls into a pit, oh no, your sheep has fallen into a pit, it might be the only one you have. Um, and it's the Sabbath day. Who among you will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Right? When something that they cared about was in jeopardy, they would take care of that business, wouldn't they? And aren't we like that? We've all got our exceptions. Well, that, that's okay, you know. Because, because it was in my interests. You see the irony, the hypocrisy? That here Jesus is saying they would save a sheep, but they did not care about the man that was in their midst, that was in need. So really, a kid could answer Jesus' question. Which is better? Which is lawful? To do good or to do evil? Are you going to save life or are you going to kill it? The right thing to do is to do good. And we don't want to miss that. And when we talk about doing good, we're not talking about doing just the least that we can do. Not just a little bit to get by, but truly Showing love 
It might be an inconvenience. A real hardship, real trouble. But a priority in God's heart is that we would do good to others. When Jesus and when Paul and when James summed up the law, the apostles and Jesus, they spoke of loving God and loving others. That's the commandments. If you want to roll it up into two simple things. To love God and to love others. This was always the heart of the law. The Pharisees missed that. They missed love in the law. Do we do that too at times? When we read the law, do we interpret it in light of love? Do we see things more as uh, rules to obey, commands to follow? Now, don't get me wrong, uh, loving others involves uh, being obedient to commands of Jesus, involves justice and other things. God has told us his will, that's the point. God has told us what he cares about, what matters to him, what is lawful, what is acceptable, what is good in his sight. Prophet Micah summed it up that, uh, that we would do justice, that we would love mercy, and that we would walk humbly, that's the key word, with our God. Do we walk with God humbly? And that comes with the twin uh, values and purposes of love and, and justice, mercy and righteousness. But the Pharisees were silent on that day when they were faced with the question of what is, what is acceptable, what is good in God's eyes. They had the prophet Micah. They had a great deal of prophets that they did not listen to. And so Jesus, verse 5, looked at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. Their Lord was not okay with their answer. It betrayed the wickedness of their hearts. It betrayed their un, it showed their unwillingness to see and to do what was good. That they were callous to spiritual truth, that they were unteachable. They had put God on trial and sentenced him to death in their hearts is what they'd done. Jesus did good on that day. Without even saying be healed, the man's hand was made well. But the scribes and Pharisees chose the opposite. They chose to do what was evil. Indeed, they plotted to destroy Jesus' life on the same day. Immediately, Mark. 3 verse 6. Don't miss that word immediately. They didn't uh, wait. 
They were ready to put him to death right then and there. And they're plotting. They're just plotting at this point. But it was an evil intent in their hearts. They even got together with the help of the Herodians. Mark tells us these were Jewish supporters of Herod. They were not your typical. um, They were the opposite end of the spectrum, really, as the Pharisees in terms of the law. But here, at least, the Pharisees are willing to ditch their concern for the law for in favor of uh, getting rid of Jesus. When push comes to shove, they cared more of Jesus being out of the way than they did about what was right. But even their hatred was not outside of the plan of God. In his perfect timing, God used the hatred of Christ's enemies. He used the rejection of Jesus to bring about the salvation of his people. It was because of the condemnation of the Sanhedrin, the the ruling uh, leaders of the people of Jerusalem, that Jesus was brought before Pontius Pilate. And in Acts we learn that uh, the people were held responsible for their part in putting Jesus to death. But on the cross, our Lord did what was good in the greatest sense of the word good. He offers us salvation through His blood. A salvation that none of us deserve. And the scriptures likewise put all of us in that place of the Jews that had Jesus crucified. As those that really do not care about God. Ultimately, when push comes to shove, we do not care about what God says is right, but about our own interests and our own selfish desires. And so this salvation that is offered is a salvation that is beyond what we deserve. This is love. And apart from Him, apart from Jesus, we can do no good. But love, real love, comes as a result of knowing and receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. comes as a result of knowing the one who has not only told us, but shown us what righteousness is, what love is. And so let me ask you this. In light of the enormousness, in light of the, the great kindness of the Lord's love, What will you do? Are you going to listen then to what he says is right? That he would be your Lord and you would look to him. Now, if we take an honest look at our priorities, we'll begin to see if our words match with our actions. 
Can we say when we look at our schedule, when we look at our to-do list, when we look at our, our um, beliefs and our convictions that they reflect a priority of love? Or do we have no time for that? Are we too tired for that? We just don't uh, care. Don't bother to look around us at the needs of others. The Pharisees held their convictions higher than Jesus, and it showed in that they were apathetic toward other people. They just didn't care. They had their own agenda. They had their own convictions and opinions, concern for ritual a tradition. We can have those same concerns, those same focuses in our hearts and lives today where it becomes more about uh, the ritual of going to church every week or certain rituals that we do, taking communion or the Lord's Supper can become more ritual than something that we understand and, and celebrate. So it's important that we evaluate those things that I encourage you that you would take the time to look at your priorities in life and evaluate them by the Lord and ask Him for His help. That's the humbly walking before our God, the acknowledgement that it's only by His grace, it's only because He first loved us that we could show any sort of love to one another at all. Do we hold to our convictions higher than we do loving others? When Jesus' love compels us, when we know the Lord, we know His never-ending faithful love. We know that it's good to do good every day of the week. I hope you know that. That there's no days off for whether we should show love, whether we should extend forgiveness as the Lord has forgiven us. So then, the scripture tells us in Galatians 6 verse 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Amen.